0: Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And oh, what a horrible day uh, yesterday and today. Um, Just tragic. Um, All the information coming out on this uh, school shooting in Texas um, is just I'll tell you, just on personally, I just didn't sleep last night. I kept waking up and, you know, I was not at the Thurston High School shooting, but I was there shortly after it happened. And I just kept waking up last night and thinking of what those little kids were thinking as he was firing and shooting at people in the audience, in the room, and killing the teachers. And now it's up to 19 students and two teachers are dead. Uh, The 18-year-old kid, which we don't mention names of suspects um, or. The people who did it or allegedly did it, however, I don't know what you want to call it. But the 18-year-old idiot who shot these people and murderer and killed them um, apparently was able to buy uh, an AR-15 in Georgia. So how that's possible, I would like, I think we need to look into that. And you know, and I, I'm I'm really pro gun rights, just to be really upfront with people. And I think it's really interesting that we always seem to blame inanimate objects for shootings like this. And when something happens, uh, it becomes super political. And um, tonight we have an interview with a woman who is an attorney um, who handles Second Amendment cases. And so she's going to tell you some stuff about this kid that she looked up. Uh, they're saying all over the news that he doesn't have a criminal background, but he has a background, as she tells us, that should make him have a criminal background. We also found out today that he was writing, in fact, I can read what he wrote, what the governor of Texas said, uh, the gunman had no known criminal history, but we're gonna tell you that there is some some stuff here, or history of mental illness, no meaningful forewarning of the crime. Um, and uh, other than, it says, Noah, no forewarning about the crime other than posting that I'm going to shoot my grandmother and I'm going to shoot an elementary school on Facebook. Now, in further checking that out, it was actually um, just personal messages sent like 30 minutes before he walked into that school. So um, but but obviously this kid had a problem. And if you go back and read some of the other documentation about him, he was bullied. Um, For wearing eyeliner and doing other things like that. Um, And he did have people said he, he had some issues, and people knew it. So why is it that we don't go after that? Why don't we start talking about, you know, and I know right now that people are real heated, it's really a hot topic, and people are really frustrated. Um, and we want something that makes us feel better, but I want something that solves the problem. I don't care if it makes you feel better. I want something that stops our kids and teachers from being killed. And if that's putting police back in the schools, I'm all for it. If that's, um, getting teachers so that uh, if they want to be armed in a school, um, I'm all for that too, because otherwise they're sitting ducks. And I know some of that's not very popular with some people, but this is this is called get real with Rick answer. We're supposed to be able to have our conversations. If you don't agree, that's fine, and you can make your disagreement known, but don't be mean and don't 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 do the typical thing where you're bullying people. And why aren't schools locked up like Fort Knox? People are commenting on here. So I have a special guest. Uh, she came on my page, and um, I don't know Amy uh, Amy Warner, but she came on my page and was making some comments. And she was there. What's so weird, Amy, and I'm gonna bring you in here. Um, Let me find you here. There we go. Hi, Amy.
1: Hi. So Amy was
2: there
3: in
0: 1998 on the 21st of May, um, when a suspect, we don't mention names of of killers on our show, um, walked into the cafeteria at Thurston High School and fired and injured 24 people, killed Ben Walker and Michael Nicholoson Jr. And prior to that, which is interesting because this kid tried to shoot his or shot his grandma, mm-hmm. uh, kid, uh, said his name, damn it. The, the kid killed his mother and father prior to coming to school. This seems to be an MO. Well, Amy, you were in the cafeteria that day when this happened. Talk about what happened.
1: Um I wasn't expecting to talk about, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Um, I just, I, I don't exactly know how to answer that other than I don't want to give a lot of glory to what happened. And I just, am, I care more about the survivors and um, how how they can move on in life and not be so gravely affected every time this happens. It's like you know, reopening a wound or ripping off a Band-Aid. And um, I just feel like, you know, schools are supposed to be safe places and um, churches are supposed to be safe places. And I just, I I stand firm and I always have felt like gun control is not the answer to this problem. And um, I, I, I just, I, I don't agree with the gun-free zones. And I, I don't know, I just, sorry, I'm a little off, I was a little taken off guard. I wasn't expecting to talk about thirst so much.
0: So, but you were, and I guess my point, Amy, is just that it was, it was a scary, scary, horrible day.
1: Absolutely. Worst day of my life. Absolutely. Worst day of my life. And, you know, you never, you never come back from fearing for your life and, and you're never a hundred percent normal after that. There's always going to be things that trigger, you know, I, was born and raised in Springfield and I, you know, graduated from Thurston, but I had to move into Eugene and then, you know, to Crestwell um, to raise my family. Cause I just, I couldn't even go to the school anymore. Like I couldn't ever go back there. It was just too much. And so it was really hard raising my kids and sending them off to school. Um, you know, it just, now that they're grown, it's a little bit easier for me every day because they're not at a school where I, you know, I don't feel like they're safe there always or didn't always feel like they were safe there.
0: So you live now 85 miles from where this happened in Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What What is that like for you?
1: Um, it's a little bit surreal. I feel like I can't ever get away from this no matter where I live. But I guess that just goes to show that no matter where you are, I mean, there's crazy people everywhere.
0: So what do you think? Cause you said to me on the, on the, on my Facebook page, I, I don't think that it's guns are not the issue. This is a mental health thing. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, 24 years ago when this happened, they, you know, a lot of people like lobbyists and stuff came to a lot of the people that were um, in the cafeteria and a part of the Thurston shooting. And they wanted us to lobby in Salem for gun control. And, and even at, you know, 17 years old, I recognized that that wasn't the problem, that guns were not the problem with what happened, that guns were not why that happened. Why that happened was you have, you know, somebody who has some stuff going on that is not addressed, and it perpetually goes on and on, and it's, you know, it's not addressed. So this is, it's not that guns don't kill people, people kill people. It's just like saying cars would kill people. So we should take the cars away. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: And, and people knew that the suspect or the killer, um, was bullied and had issues. I mean, it it came out later, but people knew. And maybe, so maybe that's what we need to focus on is like, and this kid, obviously there's, if you dig deep enough, which the media is not doing right now, but I'm gonna have somebody on after you who did do some digging and found some stuff out. um, There are warning signs. Does it kind of blow you away that it feels like we don't wanna look for these warning signs? Nobody
1: wants to talk about that part. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that whenever these things happen, We always find out after the fact that, you know, these people, you know, were struggling with this and that and the other thing and, and people in their lives knew, and it just makes you go, well, how come nobody never said anything, you know, how, how come, how come their friends and family didn't report them and, you know, try to get them help. And I just, it doesn't make sense to me. If I felt like I had a family member or friend that was struggling with something and I was concerned, I would intervene even if it wasn't a popular opinion, I just feel like human life is worth that. And I'm okay with somebody being mad at me because I tried to get them help in order to save their or somebody else's life.
0: Well, cause what's kind of scary about this is, so they said, well, it was like 30 minutes before he walked, this kid walked into the school and killed these people. And you're going 30 fricking minutes. That's really who who got those text messages and why. So why aren't we focusing on that? Where and some kind of public education to say you because, you know, to me, they're not I don't know how to say this without being I'd be getting people hammering me. But I mean, you're kind of liable for that. If you if you knew and you thought, well, I didn't think he meant it. Well, I'm not asking you to second guess. Um, life. Whoever I always thought when I was in the news business, that somebody would go into a McDonald's and show all these people, and then somebody would come up and say, "Oh, Bill was such a nice guy. I never suspected him of doing that." Who suspects somebody of doing that? You know right. What I mean, but when right. some kid is pretty screwed up, and he he texts people and he's saying, "I shot my grandmother," and now and 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 he's going and he's I said before he's going to do this at a school.
1: Yeah. Why, why? there wasn't calls to law enforcement?
0: And that's why aren't people up in arms about that is what drives me crazy is it's like, it, it's, it's so easy to jump on the gun control thing. And, and, and yes, obviously there's a loophole in here where this kid, it seems like he should not at 18 have been able to buy this gun. And, and I'm sure more will come out on that, but we already know that he's, he's got some stuff going on in his world. And why wasn't that caught?
1: Well, and I mean, to be quite frank, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. i I'm, not really digging into a lot of what's going on, because like I said, it just, it does kind of just open up old things, but irregardless of how he got the guns. I mean, there are many criminals that perpetrate these kinds of things that got the guns illegally. So my focus is less about like how he got them and more about how he got to the point that he did something like this and nobody said anything or did anything, you know?
0: Okay. That... Amy, that's a good correction for me because see, I just did it. So here I'm sitting here, I'm still focused. I'm going, why did this? And and I'm taking the focus and going, wait a minute. So how was he able to get that gun? And you're putting me back in my
1: matter. I mean, he could have no, no, no. down the it, street.
0: No, that's I love what you did because see now you're showing me my 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 hypocrisy, really, is because all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm doing the same thing. It's like, why was he in so much pain mentally and troubled that he was an evil awful person that you could go right. in and kill 19 young children right. and two teachers. You
1: you know, hurt your family members. I mean, it's just like right. they obviously something much greater was going on. And to to think that there were no warning signs for that. I'm sorry. I just there's no part of me that will ever believe that there were no warning signs. Right. And that needs to be the focus, not what he did, not who he was and all his woe is me. You know, I've had this hard life. We've all had hard lives in some way or another, but that doesn't give us the right to do those things. I don't do those things just because somebody did them to me. You know, it just, it floors me that that's not the
0: focus. It feels like to me that what we do as a culture is we always look for that either the, the easy answer, which is gun control to me, or the most um, politicized answer. And because as soon as this happens, the president and everybody else jumps on it. And instead, right. like, going so to what that says to me is we're not going to solve this problem because you're still up to the same old bullshit.
1: Right. And- I mean, this is the same conversation that was taking place 24 years ago. Literally the same conversation.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, it, and it'll happen again and again, and they'll blame each other. So right. the anti-gun people blame the, the the pro-gun people and and all that. So, Amy, so what do you do now to take care of yourself because you're living so close to this whole thing? I bet your community, that your whole state, I mean, I think the nation is just reeling. But it's got to be really hard to being that close to this.
1: Uh honestly I happen to be on vacation this week and so I'm sitting at home and doing yard work and gardening and you know I as a rule I don't watch the news I don't get the newspaper I mean I just never have because I just got tired of being inundated with all the evil that is in the world and and that being what is focused on all the times like can we talk about good things (laughs) but um and so I mean as a general rule I don't I don't you know try to put myself in situations where that's all I'm going to hear. And so it's, you know, I have my husband kind of screens things for me so that I don't have to be surprised by (laughs) information or, you know, that sort of thing. But I just try to stay away from the media because everything is just so sensationalized for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah. Amy, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me and my audience and sharing your information with us. I really do appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks. For All
0: right. will talk to you later. All right. So I got, I called up my friend, Bill London, who knows everybody and asked him if he could, that's our washing machine. That's making that noise. <laughs> and I asked Bill if he knew of somebody who was an attorney for the second amendment rights and he found a woman named Emily Taylor. And so about an hour and a half ago, she's in, um, oh, I can't remember. Um, uh, uh anyway, over past Texas. And uh, she and I had a conversation and she did some digging into the past of um, the uh, the killer in this most recent shooting spree. And she found some stuff that we're not hearing talked about on the media, in the media. And I, I it makes me wonder why not. Uh, but here's that interview from just a couple of hours ago. Joining me now is Emily Taylor, and Emily Taylor is an independent attorney for U.S. Law Shield. And what does that mean, Emily? What do you do?
4: Uh, Well, I am a firearms attorney. So any act of self-defense, any um, carry violation crimes, um, really anything you could be arrested for with regards to your firearm, that's my specialty.
0: So this case is getting a lot of notoriety and the president of the United States is coming out. A lot of politicians are using this to say we need more gun control. What would you say to to them um, in, in that position?
4: You know, I'll tell you, Rick, I went through painstakingly and I counted how many law violations that lunatic yesterday committed. And the number was 49 every one of them jailable offenses, most of them extraordinarily serious felony offenses. I mean, everything from, you know, of course, the murders and the assault of crimes to just carry crimes and location restriction crimes and all sorts of things. Um, you know, the calls already for, um, you know, do something and common sense gun law um, I just can't imagine what if he had to break 50 laws instead of 49. I cannot imagine that would have stopped him yesterday.
0: And I, I was reading in an, um, articles and it was saying he shot his grandmother first um, and and had a lot of problems with his mother uh, in the past, had been teased uh, at school relentlessly. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of similarities uh to other cases even when we had in oregon thurston high school shooting a young man who i don't use his name because i'm kind of like that i don't want to give more attention to those people but uh he killed two four people including his parents uh prior killed his parents prior to going to the school and been injuring 24 others so Mm -hmm. there's an mo here that we keep blaming inanimate objects for killings when there is a sick person behind that that we what how do we attack that rather than it always has to be the kind of the easy answer is to put more restrictions on guns, there already are plenty and it's not, that's
4: not working. No, it's not working. And I, you know, I can assure you that murder was a problem long before the invention of the firearm and that mental illness was a problem long before the invention of the firearm and making the firearm the pain point here is um it's the knee-jerk reaction it's easy it makes people feel good to say it but when you really look at okay what if any of these gun control proposals would have stopped any of these mass shootings the answer is none of them none of them could ever have stopped it so the focus has got to be on um, unfortunately what's outside of my area of expertise but it's got to be on um you know how do we do better mental health screenings in our young people i mean these are A lot of these school shootings are people who are still in the school system or recently out of it. How do we ensure that the population as a whole not only destigmatizes mental health issues so that we can get them treated more rapidly and with better treatment, um, but how do we teach people how to recognize what's an issue and how to report it and how to get people help? Um, And then I think finally, you know, if we want to sort of dip our toes into the real um, firearm legislative arena, I think we can say, how do we identify people who, yes, present quote unquote red flags, um, but do it in a way that does not Trample upon the Second Amendment rights of people who don't deserve it, which many red flag laws do trample upon those rights. And there's a compromise to be had there. In fact, Texas already has one. I mean, it's had one for years and years and years. That is a good compromise on the books for detaining people who are current, um, currently in crisis, and temporarily separating them from their firearms. Um, we can look into proposals like that, but ultimately, um, you know, of course, we all know. The gun is not the problem. The AR-15 platform rifle, which 18-year-olds have been able to purchase in Texas since the 1950s, is not the problem. The problem is the individual, not the tool.
0: So what's your biggest concern that when this comes up like this, and this is such a big case and getting so much attention right now, um, as someone who works in this industry, um, what's your biggest concern?
4: Well, I'll tell you, um, the last legislative session here in Texas, we had um, well over 200 anti-gun laws proposed in our legislature, which is unheard of down here. Um, That is what we're going to see. We're going to see a legislative push, um, not just in Texas, in every single state uh, nationwide for Um, stricter gun control laws that will not fix this problem. But what we're going to do is because of the number of firearms, and firearms are a rich part of American history, there is no unringing the firearm bell in this country. So what we're going to end up doing is make sure that criminals can still get their hands on firearms because they will always steal a firearm from a law-abiding citizen. We're going to make it incredibly difficult for the good guy, for the law-abiding citizen, to obtain or to carry firearms for their protection and the protection of people around them. And we are going to create um, just a ticking time bomb of more incidents like this. Um, And it's hard, I know when we have children who have died to sit here and say, you know don't legislate against this but we have to be extraordinarily careful that we're not making the problem worse and that is what i see happening should we ju- dive into this legislation pool
0: because what you're saying is if this is not the root problem so you're just you're making people feel good um and it's 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 right to say you know this is going to this going to solve the problem but if you don't take care of that root problem it's just going to keep going and we're we're fooling ourselves absolutely So in terms of um, gun, the second amendment, why is that so important? Because what I have kind of, especially after the last two years, um, kind of been more concerned about is when the government has more guns than the people, that's not a good thing.
4: That's absolutely right. Um, And, you know, that's just one of the problems that comes from curtailing the Second Amendment. I mean, we've got that issue, which is the Second Amendment is, in fact, what keeps all, what keeps the government in check and what helps us protect ourselves against the government. Um, We have this issue of, you know, we can't defend ourselves against the criminals who will abuse the law if the Second Amendment is curtailed too much. And then, of course, um, you know, we like to pretend like the Second Amendment is the only disfavored constitutional right and people really go after that one but wouldn't go after the rest. And that is absolutely not true. If we see the Second Amendment fall, the rest fall very, very quickly. Um, there's not any difference between your right to keep and bear arms and your right to exercise um, your religion or your right to free speech. If one falls, they all fall.
0: So, yeah. how do you keep this? This is the last thing I'll ask you: Is how do you keep this from becoming? You know, I know people are going to go well. You know, on a day like today, um, I, I mean, I know you probably had the same experience. I didn't sleep last night. I was all I could imagine was those kids and what they had the experienced, and, and obviously, I can only imagine that. Um, but it, it's, um, it's just horrifying, but I want real solutions. And, and when people keep coming up with, we go back to the same thing over and over again, and we need to really buckle down and come up with a real solution at mental health. How do you stop? How do you catch these people before this? Cause the story is the same almost every time, you know, and, and that's really where we need to focus our efforts. Don't you think?
4: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I so wish that I had the good answer to that, as to what we do and exactly what restrictions we put into place to stop these people before we get to this point. Um, you know that really delves outside of the the expertise of the lawyers and the politicians. Frankly, at this point, we need to look at, um, we need to talk to the doctors, we need to talk to the mental health experts, we need to talk to the sociologists and say. Who is the group that is really perpetrating this issue? What is happening with this group? And how do we fix it? How do we target the people who are really um, the ones most likely to put us in this danger and stop the problem before it starts? Those are questions that the, the answers which are far above my head, um, but that's what we need to start looking at today, not um, you know immediately jumping into uh, solutions that do not fix the problem.
0: Right. And you, if we hear the stories afterwards that here's all these issues that came up, why didn't that get reported sooner to somebody who could have done something about it? That's the, that's the hole in this problem. And I don't see very many people addressing that.
4: No, Emily, absolutely not.
0: Emily Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and uh, explain uh, your end of this whole thing. Um, I appreciate your time.
4: Thank you. Uh, thank you. Hello. Matt
5: McCarroll with New Leaf and Wellness. And did you know here at New Leaf and Wellness, we not only do hyperbraic therapy, but we use some light pads from LS Pro, which allow us to do targeted hyperbrakes. So the head cap here, as you can see, is red and infrared. And this one does blue and infrared. This pad also comes in red and infrared. And this one with these cool little pads in it is PEMF or post-electromagnetics. And what these pads allow us to do, like I said, is targeted hyperbarics. So say you have a low back pain quite frequently. We can take either the blue and in the infrared or the red and in the infrared, preferably, and put it on your low back. helps to vasodilate that area of your body so that we actually target that area of the body with that oxygenated blood flow while you're doing a hyperbaric therapy treatment. If you would like to know more, reach out to our website at New Leaf Eugene or give us a call at 541-636-3278.
3: This is Dr. Michael Browning from Chris Dental. Too many good people are leaving Oregon. Why? Because people like you and I have sat back for years and allowed these radicals to slowly take control. They have infiltrated every aspect of our lives from school board members to governor. Well, I say this stops now. Let's take back Oregon. Stop talking about change, actually do it. Why? Because if you are like me, I love Oregon and I'm not leaving
0: and he's not leaving (laughs) i'd like to see you chase him out um so again i want to thank our guests that we had on tonight amy from a former person from thurston and was there the day of the thurston shooting just to get her impressions on this um and also emily taylor uh, to give us some other information i do wonder why none of that's being reported um about his past um if she could find it i would think any good reporter could probably find it um oh maybe that's the key a good reporter and how do we keep this all conversation on a level where um it doesn't become oh rick dancer you you support guns so you're anti this and somebody else you don't support guns so you're anti that Um, that's the other thing that i think the media and the government is really good at is trying to divide us so i'm not going to do that so i'm just going to express my opinions and i welcome you to express yours if they're different than mine just be um gracious and kind with your answers and firm um but don't be belittling people because you disagree with them um that this is a this is a bigger issue that we can we can just sit and look at um now we're going to turn to Bill London who has more Oregon news some of it's just going to surprise the heck out of you and then coming up in just a few minutes we're going to talk about veterans legacy Um, an organization in town with Derek Roser Real Estate Group. Um, He's going to be, he did an interview with them, um, and he's going to have that coming up. We're also going to join him live. He was doing jury duty today. So he'll be back up there in just about seven minutes. So here's Bill London with your day's news and what's happening.
6: Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 a.m. and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of the Wake Up Call, heard on this fine radio station, 6 a.m. to 9, Monday through Friday mornings and streaming online at kpmw.com. Okay. Well, today, Texas Governor Greg Abbott held a news conference providing an update on the Robb Elementary School shooting in Uvalde. And according to Abbott, evil swept across Uvalde yesterday. 19 children and two teachers were gunned down Tuesday. They just had two more days to celebrate the end of the school year when Salvador Ramos, an 18-year-old suspected gunman, entered a fourth grade classroom and began shooting with a semi-automatic rifle. Prior to entering the school, Abbott said Ramos crashed his vehicle nearby after shooting his 66-year-old grandmother in the face. His grandmother was able to call police as he fled. Families waited in agony for hours to learn if their loved ones had survived the attack. Twenty-one of them learned that, well, they hadn't. Texas Department of Public Safety Lieutenant Christopher Olivares said that Ramos carried multiple rounds of ammunition and was wearing a tactical vest. In addition to those killed, Abbott confirmed 17 other people suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Abbott placed the blame for the Uvalde school shooting on mental health issues. Ramos had reportedly dropped out of Uvalde High School There was also no known criminal history to alert authorities before the shooting. Abbott clarified there could be juvenile records, but those hadn't been uncovered at the time he was doing his news conference. Abbott said Ramos posted three times on Facebook, 30 minutes before he headed to the school. He allegedly wrote the following. One, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. Two, I shot my grandmother. Three, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. Turns out that a Border Patrol officer shot and killed Ramos. Officers with the Consolidated Independent School District approached the gunman and engaged with him. They were wounded. The gunman then entered a back door and went down two short hallways and then into a classroom on the left-hand side. Now, at the press conference, Texas Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke interrupted the news Conference, shouting at Governor Abbott. He approached the stage and verbally confronted Abbott and Senators Ted Cruz and John Cornyn. O'Rourke was led away by officers. Abbott then said the outburst was about, quote, an agenda. President Joe Biden also addressed the nation today. He offered condolences to the parents of the children who were shot and killed before turning to say, as a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? Biden said, We all know what we need to do, and we need the guts to get it done. By the way, it should be mentioned on March 17th, Ramos purchased the rifle at a local sporting goods store. The following day, he purchased ammunition, and then on the 20th of March, he purchased another rifle at the same store. Well, the Oregon Health Authority is warning Oregonians who've gotten food boxes, be on the lookout for Jif peanut butter, because as my mom would say, it could give you the trots, specifically salmonella. If you recall, last week, Jif, of their own accord, voluntarily recalled a number of types of their peanut butter. It included creamy, crunchy, and natural varieties. The CDC is still investigating that outbreak. The OHA, the Oregon Health Authority, said that if Jif peanut butter was included in your food box, well, don't eat the Jif peanut butter. Take it out of your food box. And apparently OHA staffers are also visiting food banks around the state, making sure that respective food boxes have been purged of Jif. As of last night, Clackamas County had reported tallying 60,230 of the 116,000 ballots they've received so far or about 52 percent. The county reported late Tuesday that only 7,543 defected ballots had been duplicated as of Monday night and they still had about another 39,000 to go. They estimate it's going to take between four to nine days to duplicate the remaining ballots a number of races, including the 5th Congressional District Democratic primary are in limbo because of that printing error. So the secretary of state has done another audit, this time of Oregon schools, and I'd like to quote you the results, quote, Oregon leaders' hands-off approach to public school spending and results has put the state at risk of wasting taxpayers' investments and failing to improve student success. That's according to state auditors. State auditors released the report in the Secretary of State's office and addressed their systematic risk report to Governor Kate Brown, the State Board of Education, and Oregon's 90 lawmakers. Auditors found that those officials have sat by for years as the state education agency did little to set meaningfully high standards for schools or districts and did little to intervene when some of them vastly underdelivered for their students. Okay, so this is not a good report card. The auditors highlighted five risks and potential solutions and said, based on their extensive reviews of Oregon's K 12 system over the past six years, quote, a lack of intervention by the Oregon Department of Education, despite significant problems at the school and district level, has been a larger problem than infringement on local control. Oregon schools are awash in cash relative to recent years. Since the 2020-21 school year, corporate tax for education has delivered roughly a billion dollars a year for new and upgraded programs and services. In addition, Oregon has received more than $1.7 billion in federal pandemic relief funding for schools since March of 2020 but according to auditors, policymakers haven't set any benchmarks showing that that money is actually paying off for students, something that auditors say is essential to ensure the money is spent effectively. Instead, they say some candidates for governor and state lawmakers have said the state should cut back on standardized testing. And the legislature, of course, dropped requirements that schools have students demonstrate proficiency in writing and math before they give them diplomas. A report from the Data Quality Campaign found that Oregon's 2021-22 through report card didn't include key information about student academic performance, including data on chronic absenteeism and performance assessments. The Oregon Department of Education, according to the audit, has a well-documented history of focusing on school districts' processes rather than results, and results as far as what the schools are achieving for students. The auditors also wrote that the Oregon Department of Education's timidity about stating which forms of spending are effective and which are not, along with its reliance on superficial signs of adherence to important educational standards, suggests the $1 billion plus per year from the new corporate tax for education is going to waste. And they also pointed out, despite what you might have heard, Oregon's graduation rate remains among the lowest in the nation. In other words, you failed. That's a big F. You're going to be held back a year. All right, let's look at the news.
0: Done. Rick, rolling with the reel. I'll give you a reel. So the Oregon Education Association funds most of those candidates like Kate Brown, Tina Kotek, and all that kind of thing. And Oregon education sucks. So wh- what does that say? You've got a union for the teachers in the state of Oregon who are sponsoring and supporting, basically, um, these candidates who are making rules and laws that are destroying our schools. So how hmm, how does that make sense? Interesting, isn't it? Um, Yeah, but we care about our children. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I'm looking out in the field there, and Derek Roser is supposed to be here, and he has not shown up. But I find his assistant, Logan Bateman, is right there. Where's Derek?
2: We're here. So the thing is, uh, Derek's being his good civil servant self, and so he's currently finishing up jury duty. So, so they kept
0: him long oh my gosh so I, he's- I
2: guess you know I just got the call he's like hey you're going on Rick
0: you're going on with Rick and I was like all right sounds good to me <laughs> so so Logan works with um there's a, a whole team that the, the Roser team and Logan's kind of new to the whole group and he's doing their social media so he and I work real close together and um, he's providing some videos so you guys are going out and doing some really cool stuff like having the taco Tuesday so that's like every Tuesday Derek's going to a different taco shop explain so, talk
2: about, oh, let's talk about real estate. That's probably the favorite thing, my favorite thing that we've started recently. It's, I mean, it's given me an excuse to try all the cool taco spots in Eugene. But uh, what we do is uh, we'll go out, we'll find a new spot every week, and then we'll try a taco, and Derek will tell us about the market stats of the week or the month or whatever's going on. So, last week or this week hasn't come out yet. Here's a little sneak peek. Um, we're going to talk about the housing bubble and whether it's going to burst. But so you'll just have to turn into it's, our uh, Instagram it's, it's, and find that out
0: okay so th- but this week so we did a little bit longer interview because derek's really big on veterans and so you guys went out and so who did you talk to
2: so we went out to uh, the veteran or we went out to the american legion post 83 out on river road and talked to uh amon lutz who's uh kind of the organizer of this poker run out there that they're doing at the end of july and so they're gonna uh support camp alma it's a real great organization it's a uh, just over a hundred acre farm out just south of Eugene. And they just, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, what else can I say? I mean, they, they just support people. They're not giving, uh, in the words of Dan Buckwald, who's there kind of their, one of their head guys, he said, it's not a handout, it's a hand up. And that's probably the best thing
0: I've heard. He's a cool, Dan's a really cool guy and I've known him for years, but you can't tell him that publicly. You have to slap him around a lot. (laughs) If you give him too much, he'll just take, he'll run you, he'll run over you. So never give him too (laughs) much. Let me me run this interview and then you stick around, Logan, because we'll close with you and me, okay? Yeah. part of the American Legion. Uh, The big thing is they raise funds for fish rice,
3: for the Cub Scouts, for the schools, for uh, various sporting events. They have the car show. They have the high school graduation parties out here. They just go and go and they give and give to the community. Once a month, they do a fish fry. Probably 70, 80% of the profits go to that organization. They give so much to the community. How could you not do it? Okay. Now, so what's, what's with the Poker Run The Poker Run coming up is for the Veterans Legacy. It's sort of a one-of-a-kind rehab location out in the hills of out Wolf Creek towards the, uh, towards the coast. That's in Helmut. Yep, Alma, it, yep. it used to be Camp Alma, it used to be the last stop on the postal route too. Right, right. And it was a prison work camp years ago. Well, these, uh, the people put it together, a well organized board, Veterans Legacy, what they did is they negotiated with Lane County and they were able to buy the, it 80 acres, 160 acres? I'm not sure. Uh, for one dollar. No and they are a non-profit but they don't want to rely on donations they want to become self-sufficient they grow plants they started selling flower baskets last year uh, and the year before they're doing more and more things but it gives it gives the veterans who get back you know from the bad situations they're in a place to go away and and get whether it's uh, whether they have uh, drug issues uh, whether they have uh, you know, other mentally killed something. PTSD and various things that that aren't letting them get back into society. And they start from the ground up. And I truly believe that when this really gets rolling, which is they have, uh, they have uh, people on site now, it's going to become a, a national model. Uh, what's the goal of the
7: poker
3: run? Is there a monetary goal or is uh, there a layman? What's, what's yeah, I think
7: they were, uh, I think they're uh, trying to raise I believe the goal was like $15,000 okay. for uh, Camp Alma. Okay. And we're gonna be doing that by uh, by an auction. There's gonna be an auction and a uh, uh, $1,000 high hand and a $500 low hand for the poker run. Okay. And um, yeah, so that's their goal. And and we jumped in to help them. We, we teamed up with them. To help them with the poker run okay and uh, we're going to be going north this year we're going to be going out to coburg up to monroe uh um, and then out to camp Alma, and then back through eugene to uh, discount motorcycle parts and uh, and then back here and that's when the auction is
3: and a lot of these guys that are that are doing the run they're veterans themselves so they're basically Correct. giving back to their own yep. people But right. yeah yep. well we could always have more local business people that maybe didn't serve like well, absolutely right that should donate you know they should
7: should donate to their, their veterans yeah uh, actually a lot of the a lot of the people are uh, what they call sons um, we're we're not we didn't serve so that and I'm one of those we I didn't have not told serve. we're serving now yeah, yeah and that's now. we're giving back now yeah. to uh people that did serve and so uh yeah we're really excited about it it's on July 30th it's uh you can register the day of uh registration starts I believe about eight o'clock and kickstands are up for the first group out at 10 o'clock Okay. And, free uh,
3: breakfast. Nice.
7: Yeah, there's gonna be f- actually free lunch at the end. Okay. Um, they're gonna have a couple tr- food carts out here. Okay. food Okay. If you have
3: a motorcycle, great. You can register. If you don't have a motorcycle, you can still donate. You still, you register. Can, you can still register. Uh, you can
7: drive a car okay. out here. You right. can drive a car through the okay. poker run if you want. All right. Um, all right. you can uh, take part in the auction. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, when, there's when all we kinds get of back of, here.
3: There's booths, we have lots of vendors, probably 10 different vendors now, from people work with leather, somebody's selling patches on, uh, jewelry, uh, all sorts of things are going to be here. Brad's Cartoons is one of them that's awesome. going to be here, if you will put stereo, have stuff done to your bike. Then there is the, uh, there's a, uh, there's auction, there's an oral auction, okay. uh, there is, um, of course, the drawings for the prizes, the writers are in a group of prizes that, to draw from raffle prizes uh they're gonna have some biker games out there and there's a hundred dollar uh for each winner of the biker game too fun and you can you know? and you can come and watch the biker games if you want to see what that's like it'd be fun well, absolutely. Anybody that and that'll start towards, towards like. the end of it yeah.
7: another good way to support the group is to if you have a business like i have a tree service mm-hmm. uh if i if i can donate my service you know an amount to the right. and they can raffle it off or auction it off um so any any type of goods that you can provide to auction off is awesome or raffle off one of those two so that's great well, thank you guys for, for being here and tell us a little bit about it and you know what this is going to be just a, a, a great event and we'll try and get it out there so other folks can sponsor this right on please, please do Derek. thank you all right. all right thank you so much for what you do <laughs> yeah all right
0: appreciate sure. it yeah. Yeah. Sorry, buddy, Oh, so, me. Dirk, <laughs> a hugger, isn't he? He's like, a, you know, he's got to hug everybody. Um, veterans oh, yeah. Legacy, yeah, we, we, they were clients with us for a long time. And um, yeah, I've been following what Dan's doing out there and it's a great organization and it sounds like a fun day.
2: Oh, it's just, it's going to be a blast from what
0: I mean, from all the guys talking about it, they're all excited
2: out there. So, I mean, let's go support some veterans.
0: Well, um, so you'll be out there. We'll be doing live from there in July, whenever that happens and comes out. Mm-hmm. So thanks for you know so you, you know you, you you're gonna have to tell Derek that he's gonna have to step it up a little bit. See, that's you, that's you know that's you're what bringing this told. youthful thing, and you know and Derek you know, <laughs> with old dudes and stuff. It's like Derek, you're gonna have to pick up the pace a little bit here.
2: I hey, you tell him not me. I'm just the uh, I'm just the advertising guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Logan. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for filling Thank in. Thank you very man. much. I see ya. Oh, hey! I think, hey, Logan. Yeah. Um, I think somebody. I think somebody we know is on here.
2: Oh, look at that guy!
0: <laughs> Man. So, so Matt, we were just talking about you, just so you know, because we were talking and going. He said, "Yeah, I know. So I know a guy in um, in uh, Helena, because I'll be moving up that way, Matt. Just in case you didn't know, I'm, I'm going to be in Townsend. But anyway, so Logan and I were talking about it, and he goes, "Yeah, I know this guy," and then we said, "Wait, I had him on my show." <laughs> Oh man,
2: that's my, that's my best buddy, Matt, man. That was so funny. (laughs)
0: And so is one other question, and this is very important. I've noticed that with people your age and a little, you know, like beginning probably be late thirties and down um, Mm -hmm. are starting to sport mustaches. Like it's kind of like coming back. Oh
2: man. So coming back, I guess, I mean, I don't know. One day I was actually, I mean, Story all started. I was going out to visit Matt and Helena, and uh, just at the start of 2020, and it turned out to me moving them back. And so I grew a little mustache. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun," and I was like, "I'll shave it when COVID's over." So I got
0: a mustache. So. See, okay. but I'm seeing – I think this is a trend. I think it's like a thing. When I was in the news for years, I used to have a mustache, and but mine was like really thick. And so when I look back at pictures, I'm going, you No, know, Rick, that kind of looks like a porn mustache.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Don't My mom's tried to get me shaved, to shave this I don't know how many times, but they've kind of just given – they're like, ah, it fits you, know you I guess. I don't to, know. You had how
0: to get them to stop is Start growing it out really big and then wax oh, it like
2: the curl, yeah. the curl up. Oh man! Well, see, I can do that now,
0: but my wife would absolutely kill me. So I need to get mine trimmed. It's getting really bushy, but <laughs> it's nice to live, you know. Well, I'm glad Matt came on here. That's funny that he sees you on here. Okay, hold on. He says said- <laughs> mustaches, mustaches are-, are back, baby. Okay, Matthew and Logan say mustaches are back, so I'm going with hey, that.
2: You get my stamp of approval.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, Logan. See you later. they for yeah. having me on. Uh-huh. Hey, Matt, it's good talking to you or seeing you on here and stuff. But seriously, I am moving to Townsend um, actually this weekend. And so I'll be hanging out in um, in Helena, will be my town and my gym. So I'm gonna have to go um, out and have uh, coffee or beer or whatever uh, with you. So yeah, that's an invite, okay? I know I'm doing it, my personal inviting on my own show, but it's my show. I can do this if I want. All right, thanks for being here tonight, you guys. And uh, always, as always, um, yeah, we took on a hard issue today and uh, some of you aren't going to always agree with me, and that's okay. Um, uh, I don't expect it, you know. I think that if all of us can live in one community and quit being, quit allowing our, ourselves to be divis- divided, and let us speak our minds, it's okay. It's it's not going to kill anybody if we're if we're speaking our minds. Um, we we have to have these conversations so that we can stop killing the killings and the things happening. And it's not going to happen until we do it, because obviously. The political types are not going to do it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night with more of Get Real with Rick Dancer. Have a good night. And, oh, be sure and be praying for the families and the communities of the people um, in Texas and uh, and the families of those uh, children who were killed and, and, the, and the kids who survived and have to remember that for the rest of their lives. Um, just pray God's grace on them and however you, you're led to pray. Good night.